Hey guys, this is Dan. We're doing a quick one today and we are going off format. So send in those refund requests this in writing. Alright, let's start the show. Randy. Folks, we've got Megan Radford today. Thanks for coming, Megan. Thanks for having me. Megan is an expert on a subject that is uh, indirectly related to our song today. We're going to change the format around a little bit and jump right into the song. And uh, today's song is Easy Street off of the album Harps and Angels. So I know you just joined us, but pause us for a minute and go listen to Easy Street. Megan and I are going to listen to it together here. And once you've done that, we will be right back. We are back. Okay, Megan, before we reveal the mystery behind this song, I I just want to share with my listeners, I've never been really nuts about this song. And the more I learned about it, the the less nuts I was about it. Uh, (laughs) I started asking the the Randy Newman user groups, uh, which which Megan, they are a a weird bunch of people. You don't want to get involved with them. But I asked them about this line uh, near the end. Uh, That's it, Ms. B. And I was wondering if he had a clarinet player who was Ms. B, because it's right before the clarinet solo. And everyone told me, no, 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 Ms. B refers to someone in particular. Megan, tell us who Ms. B is in this song. Well, thanks to you, I've learned that Ms. B refers to Britney Spears. Yeah, this is a song about Britney Spears. <laughs> it was written in 2008. Uh, and when I learned that, I was like, wow, I like this song even less now. <laughs> uh, because uh, I, I, I don't exactly think that, that Randy Newman, who is, what, 60 at this point, and born into... Uh, born into extreme privilege and uh, has, has always lived a life of wealth and is really in any position to, to lecture Britney Spears. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that for sure. So this was written in 2008. Um, I brought you on because you are my Britney expert. Um, yes. Let's start. What is going on in Britney's life in 2008? And from that, let's kind of talk about what's happened in the past year with the, uh, I want to say conservatory. That's not the right word, is it? Conservatorship. Conservatorship. Yeah. Uh, so uh, let, 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 let's do 2008 and, and, and see where yeah. we go from there. So uh, 2008 uh, was, Brittany had two kids back to back less than a year apart, which is called Irish twins in <laughs> 2005 and 2006 and uh she was going through a really nasty divorce and custody battle with the two kids who were her pride and joy of her life she'd always wanted to be a mom and um her aunt sandra had just passed away from cancer who was like a second mom to her and she had just you know she Brittany experienced a a level of mega fame that celebrities even today don't really experience because uh, there are now paparazzi laws in place that prevent 
uh, celebrities from truly being hounded to a really scary degree. Um, but so Britney was kind of in that sweet spot of this mega celebrity and she was the biggest pop star in the world, um, you know, just a few years prior to 2008. So she started having some hard times and her family who she had not been talking to in several years prior to 2008 came in and filed a conservatorship over Brittany, which a conservatorship in the state of Oklahoma and many other states um, is called a guardianship. And it's where a person literally uh, is effectively you on paper. So they, um, all of your civil and human rights are stripped away from you and basically given to another person who has complete and total control over you. So how is that different from just the standard, you know, power of attorney? Well, a power of attorney gives another person the ability to make decisions on your behalf. Should you be incapacitated or something of that nature, but a conservatorship, especially an abusive conservatorship, like the one Brittany was under, um, there really aren't, the there's not a lot of court oversight into what that person can and cannot do and what they did to Brittany was truly astounding they continuously deemed that she was too incapacitated to run her own life but they propped her up on stage for 12 plus years to make them millions and millions of dollars and uh, her dad you know on the books made six million dollars off the arrangement and I'm Allegedly, I think he made far more than that off the books. And, you know, there was a lot of abuse going on. She was forced to have an IUD that she did not want. She wanted more children. Uh, She was all of her conversations. Basically, she had an iPhone that was mirrored to an iPad that her conservators controlled. So they mirrored all of her conversations and cut people out of her life that they thought you know, weren't going along with the conservatorship. They recorded audio of her bedroom. I mean, all kinds of egregious violations of her rights. But at the same time, under the conservatorship, she was stripped of all of her rights. Good grief. Did did she have her own attorney? Was there any level of confidentiality that she she could have? So she had a court-appointed attorney. She attempted to hire her own attorney back in 2008 when this was all put into place. And uh, the court said, no, you're not, you're too incapacitated to hire your own attorney, even though she had already hired him. And, um, you know, we're going to assign you this court ordered, court appointed attorney. And the court appointed attorney basically partnered with her dad, who was her conservator, um, for many years and raked in over $3 million from the arrangement. Uh, we, We have since found out through the investigation, largely by the New York Times, that Brittany was literally fighting against this conservatorship the entire time it was in place. And her court appointed attorney attorney was not um, following any of her stated wishes for trying to get her out of it because he was benefiting from the arrangement. Was all this public knowledge at the time? I mean, so she, back, yeah. She, yeah. She had a public image that she was, you know, yeah. keeping up at you the know, same time here. They did a really good job of painting the narrative that Brittany was ill and desperately needed the help that this provided. So uh, it it did, it was public. And um, in 2009, some of the first rumblings of Free Britney started online and 
I actually back then made a um, a homemade iron-on letter free Britney t-shirt that I kind of staged a one-woman protest outside of one of her concerts in Dallas. Um, wow. Yeah, so, but then it kind of all got shut down by her, Britney's father, Jamie himself, um, because he called the biggest, uh, the leader of the biggest Britney fan site at the time and basically threatened him. And we were all really young at the time, in our early 20s or younger, and so it shut us up. And um, everything kicked off again in April 2019. There was a voicemail left for a podcast called Britney's Graham, which was run by these two comedians who just loved Britney and kind of liked to poke fun at her Instagram because it was quirky. And this former paralegal on Britney's estate called and left this voicemail. This was April 2019. He said, Britney was being held against her will in a mental health facility and forced to take medication against her will. And she'd been there for months. Everything that that paralegal said ended up being 100% true, but we wouldn't know that for several more years. But even still, it ignited a movement uh, because I think a lot of people in those early days did suspect something was wrong. And then we kind of all bought into her team's narrative. They did a really good job of spinning the narrative that Brittany needed support and that this was the best thing for her. But as soon as we heard that voicemail, a lot of us um, were ignited into action. And me, like speaking for myself, because I had backed down in 2009, when I heard that voicemail, I was like, this time I'm not stopping for anything until Brittany is free. Wow. And uh, there has been some positive development in the last couple months from what I heard. Yes, yes. So Brittany finally got to address the court publicly on June 23rd of 2021. And as a result, you know, it's kind of funny because everything she said on June 23rd, she pretty much also said on May 10th of 2019, but the court at that time was still sealed. And so nothing happened because they were still able to keep all their secrets hidden away from the public eye. But anyway, that's a a side note. But so June 23rd of 2021, Brittany speaks publicly. Uh, It was in court, but it was broadcast for the entire world to hear and Everything she claimed was just, I think, jaw-dropping for anyone who heard it. And then shortly after that, the court allowed her to hire her own attorney. And uh, finally, she had an advocate inside the courtroom who was actually fighting for her and not just for a paycheck. And so she, uh, her father was suspended as conservator on September 29th of 2021. And then Brittany was freed from both her conservatorships of both her person and her estate on November 12th, 2021. Wow. And this is just, this has been going on for. It was almost, yeah, it was almost 14 14, years. Yeah. Almost 14 years at the time it was finally terminated and 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 it's still not even totally wrapped up. There's still some estate stuff, but she's free. So. And that whole time she was, whether willingly or not, she was performing. Like yep. like you said, regularly, might beyond yep. regularly. She had a, a residence in Vegas for a while, didn't she? Yep. She for four years, two hundred and fifty shows, one hundred and forty eight million dollars. She equated it to labor trafficking, and uh, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, yeah, if you're claiming that, that she doesn't have the capacity, but and then you give her a schedule like that, right? It's just I, that that really blows my mind. Yep. We also found out really late in the game. <laughs> Uh, that there was never uh, actually a capacity diagnosis in her case. So they claimed she was incapacitated 
and they claim she had some sort of dementia-related illness, even though she was only 26 when this was put in place. But it turned out later, we discovered um, when more was released to the public that there, there was never even a capacity declaration. It didn't exist in her case. Okay. Now, I, I'm speaking as someone who just paid very, very little attention to all this. So, so forget my, my timeline here and me only knowing little bits and pieces. When, when was the incident where she shaved her head and how does that play into this? That was 2007. Okay. I do, I do think that was part of the tough time she went through that led to her parents um, stepping in and doing this. But yeah. I just, in my opinion, I mean, I didn't think this at the time because I was 22 years old, but now I'm older and have kid, a kid of my own. And I honestly think she had postpartum depression and yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah, and she was going through a hard time, and I think she was rejecting the image. I think they were, at that time, still even trying to prop her up on stage like everything was fine, and she didn't feel fine, and so she was rejecting, like, the Barbie doll image that they were trying to make her out to be, and she didn't know how else to kind of fight back against that, and so she shaved her head. I mean, those are my words, not hers, but I Uh just think it's not her shaving her head when you think about you know, some things that, you know, Brittany has never been arrested. There are just nothing like there are so many more worse things that a person can do other than shave their head. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. 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 You're Megan, you're really blowing my mind here. I, I knew <laughs> bits and pieces of this story, but this is. <laughs> well, you probably, I don't know if you might not want to include this. I don't know, but you probably didn't expect to find a free Brittany expert in Oklahoma city. <laughs> no, I didn't. Now that you mentioned it, I'm trying to remember who was our mutual friend who, who introduced us. I think there were a couple. I got tagged a couple times. Valerie Trammell and Maddie Gregory, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those yeah. things sound familiar. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I was at a point where I wasn't even sure that you were in Oklahoma City uh, to the degree <laughs> that I was like, I just assumed that she meant Central Time when I sent her the appointment. For this. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, I just, I felt like, you know, I got, I got into the movement, like I said, as soon as I heard that voicemail in April 2019, I started sharing with all my family and friends, and doing all this research and trying to find out as much information as I could. And I just, I felt like no one was believing me and I wasn't getting enough traction. So I was just like, I have to go to LA. And then I flew out to LA, they had, they held rallies outside every hearing of Britney's outside the courthouse. And Mm. Um, I went, I didn't know anyone and I was just like, I have to be there. And then that was it. Like that I, from then on, it was, I was, you know, dedicated and ultimately ended up being one of the primary organizers of the rallies, even though I lived in Oklahoma city. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) So now I'm really, really trying to wrap my head about around this dumb song that has brought us together (laughs) and, uh, you know, I've I, I'm trying to put myself in Randy's shoes, uh, being someone who didn't know the whole story, yeah, or 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 even worse, someone who only knew the side of the story that that uh, that her father was feeding the press. Yeah, well, and I would say too that the media 
has always been pretty awful to Brittany. Like for some reason, and really not just the media, really just humans in general. For some reason, Britney Spears was always, she was cool for a few years. Like when she first came onto the scene, she was like everything. Everyone was obsessed, I felt like, at least in my age group. And then uh, all of a sudden she wasn't cool anymore. And I was like, I remember feeling confused, like what happened? I still love her, but I just kind of hid that I loved her. Uh-huh. And Brittany, as time went on, I realized like the media were often cruel to her. The thing, the questions she was asked in press interviews, oh my gosh, like old men asking if they could be her boyfriend and people asking if she'd had her boobs done and if she had sex with Justin Timberlake and just all these really inappropriate questions to be asking a teenage girl or younger. And I- so I think it's, I think this song is probably a result of that type of culture that we, for some reason, allowed to happen to Britney and a lot of females at that time. I'd go so far to say that, that there was a lot of negative press, even, even from the very beginning. Uh, there was a yeah. lot of, you know, you know I, I hate to say it this way, but uh, body shaming. There was a lot of, yeah. uh, of judgment uh, of, you know, being a, a, a 17 year old with with a sexuality um, yeah and yeah she, she bared her midriff in her debut video baby yeah. one more time the catholic schoolgirl, and people thought it was the end of the world and they, you look uh, at yeah that, they did yeah and you look at that now and you're like what <laughs> <laughs> and you know there was i don't know there there was there was plenty of midriff in the 80s I mean, it's yeah. It, it's not like it was anything that extraordinary, but but there was a, a large segment of the public that was immediately judgmental yep. of her. Um, yep. So she had that, you know, going against her. Um, so I, I, I don't know the, this darn song. It just, <laughs> I, I, I think. I almost think that, that my audience needs to listen to it again now, now that they know what it's about and now that they know how off base Randy was with this. Uh, well, I also, I think it's sad too, because, you know, Brittany grew up in poverty and if you've seen the media recently, her sister just released a book where she basically is just awful to Brittany and, yeah. Uh, it doesn't seem like anyone is really respecting the trauma that Brittany endured from almost 14 years of being silenced and controlled. And uh, like they literally, they wouldn't let her, she couldn't speak her mind freely. She couldn't hire who she wanted to hire. She, they would um, separate her from her friends. Uh, You know, she really lived in isolation. Like the way that we had to quarantine at the beginning of 2020 uh, was basically, you know, Britney's life for many, many years. And so I think this song misses that. But again, this is at the beginning of the conservatorship. So it's not like the general public knew much about this, but it is, you know, she was really poor. She, her father was abusive and an alcoholic. Her mother was, um, I don't think, very uh, a great influence on her. I just think, I think she got out she fought hard to get fame to get out of her family situation. So then it ended up being really heartbreaking to me that she ended up being trapped in it uh, by a legally man court mandated conservatorship. Now, was this all Louisiana law or California law or this was all California law. Okay. Uh, but, uh, uh, Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Are, 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 are the, has, has this sparked a movement to to reform 
conservatorship law in general? So it absolutely has. I think anyone in the early days who got into this movement, not just like 2009, but even in like 2019, you got into it because you cared about Britney Spears. But as we kept going, we we realized that this issue is actually much larger than Britney Spears. I remember thinking like, this must be like a one-off, like this, this can't be happening to anyone else. But sure enough, it's happened to hundreds of thousands of people all across the United States, and it still is to this day. So I, I, I remember Gary <laughs> Coleman was in a real similar uh, circumstance. Yeah, yeah. and um, uh, Bradford Lund, who is Walt Disney's grandson, is in one. Um, uh, Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys was in one. Oh, gosh. Kate, Casey Kasem was in one. Um, and currently another uh, person that I've been advocating for is Michelle Nichols, who was Star, Star Trek's Lieutenant Uhura in the original series. Right. She uh, was this huge civil rights icon who, um, you know, her character as Lieutenant Uhura on Star Trek was groundbreaking. She was the first African-American female to be portrayed in a, a role of authority. And then... And, like, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. literally heard she was thinking about quitting to go do Broadway. And he went to her and he said, no, you can't quit. You are vital. You're, this representation is vital to the civil rights movement. Wow. Yeah. And then on top of that, once uh, Star Trek, the original series, ended, she started working with NASA to recruit minority um, men and women into uh, NASA to be scientists and astronauts. And she was responsible for recruiting the first female astronaut, the first female African-American astronaut, and the first African-American astronaut male, that one. Wow. So she did so much for the civil rights movement. And now since 2018, she's been stripped of her civil rights. And it's really gut-wrenching. And so... Um, I've been trying to help spread awareness for that issue um, at this point since Brittany is free now. But on top of that, I just named a bunch of famous people, but I do want to make it clear that there are people who are not household names who are being abused by this system every single day of their lives. It is, and it is an issue that is only going to get bigger and bigger as baby boomers age because we're getting our, our elderly population is just getting bigger and bigger and bigger with each, each year. And this, exploitation it's a multi-million dollar if not billion dollar industry and their motto is literally isolate medicate drain the estate cremate and that happens time and time again in this country legally legally and it's disgusting and so Brittany's case has really shed a light on that and I hope that it can continue to affect change in that area so too that's really extraordinary Oh my gosh. <laughs> I'm yeah, it, to I know. Away here. I know. <laughs> I know. It's heavy. People are like, oh, you're going to talk about Britney Spears. And I'm like, just wait. <laughs> it's heavy. Okay. So, I, what, what's, what's the consensus about, uh, about the future for Britney? Has she talked about what her plans are? Um, what's, what's her relationship with her kids now? I and mean, what, what, what do you see going on with Britney the next couple of years? In her court testimony, she said that she wanted her dad in jail and she wanted to hold the people who did this to her accountable, including the state of California. So I hope that she'll, you know, pursue that. But at the same time, 
I think she's probably really grateful to be free after almost 14 years and obviously has a considerable amount of trauma to work through. So um, obviously, as a fan of hers, I would love to see her perform again or release new music. But ultimately, we fought to free her to give her a voice to do whatever she wants to do, no matter what it is. And uh, I'll be supporting her no matter what. Fantastic. All right, Megan, thank you so much for doing this. I, I, I think we've, we've gotten a, a great picture. Is, or is there a, an online resource that you could point people toward uh, for, for e- e- either the Free Britney movement or, or the, the conservatorship movement in general? Yeah, um, our website is freebritney.army or we're on Instagram at freebritneyla. But then also I would recommend... Um, free Nichelle. We have a website, freenichelle.com. Or would you, would you on, spell Nichelle for me, please? Yes, Nichelle is with an N, so it's N I C H E L L E. It's like Michelle with an N. Okay. So, uh, but we also have freenichelle.com and at freenichelle on Instagram for Nichelle's specific case information. And then as a general, um, you know, resource, I would recommend either the National Association to Stop Guardianship Abuse or Disability Voices United, because um, conservatorship abuse is many things. It's often a women's rights issue. It's a disability rights issue. It's a civil rights issue and a human rights issue. And it's much bigger than Britney Spears, the pop star, and it's something that I truly believe is really important for us to raise our voices about. Wow. Okay. Thank you so much, Megan. We're, we're just thrilled to have you on, and thank you for all that you've done, and, and, and best of luck with, with, with what we've got going in the future here. Thank you so much, Dan. Jump on our boards, because the boards are hot. We're going to the Olympics, and we're going nonstop, rock and roll. Thanks, Meg. Okay, we didn't spin the wheel today, but I will provide you with a this week's cover because I know that many of you are Alex Chilton fans like me, and I found that the box tops did a version of Let Me Go, and we'll put a link to that in the show notes, and check it out because you don't hear very many versions of Let Me Go, and you don't hear Alex Chilton covering Randy Newman every day. All right, have a good week, guys. Bye. Spin the wheel, spin the wheel, spin the wheel of Randy.